Well, I wanted to let you guys know that you are loved. There's times that I will go throughout the day and just tell my children, I love you. And I'll tell Pastor Kenny, I love you. And the typical normal reply is, what did I do? Why do you love me? Just because you're mine. We're, we're in the same family, so I love you. And I just felt like God wanted me to tell you that this morning. We're in the family of God, and he loves you. It's not because you have to do anything. What did I do? What did I say for you to tell me you love me? It's just because we're his kid. He loves us. So look at your neighbor and tell him you're loved. Look at your neighbor and tell him the other neighbor, you're loved. You are loved, and you are precious, you're valuable, you're amazing, you're great, and I'm glad to be here with you this morning. Hallelujah. Now, Pastor Kenny opened, and I don't know how he does it, but I sit there laboriously, and I take notes, and I pray, and I research, and I meditate, and I think. Lucas knows. He's sitting there laughing, and I think, and I can't speak until it's solidified within me. I mean, this takes me like days and weeks. This man, I tell him in a nutshell what I'm preaching, and boom, he has it within minutes. It's a gift. It's an anointing. He's been like that ever since I've known him. I'm like, how do you do that? Hallelujah. I'm so thankful to have a pastor that can hear the voice of God, and that's anointed. All right. Tell your neighbor, sometime in your life, you have broken covenant. Go ahead, tell your neighbor. Sometime in your life, you have broken covenant. And this is kind of a weighty topic. And I don't want anybody in here, it's coming from my heart, to feel like I'm meddling in your business a little bit too deep about covenant. Because we've all broken covenant sometime in our life. A covenant is simply an agreement with either a financial institution. It could be a covenant over real estate property. It could be an agreement over something you have to pay back. And it is true regarding marriage. And ultimately, what we're going to hit on today, our covenant with God himself. So everybody, remember, we all have broken covenant while I'm talking about this. I don't want you to feel like I'm singling anybody out, okay? Why do we make covenants? Well, we make covenants basically because we have a desire that needs to be met and we can't do it all by ourselves. A covenant can be very good and very rewarding. Say you have a covenant with the bank or a contract with the bank. You're able to buy that new house. Maybe you can get that loan that you need to start that dream business of yours or purchase that dream property that you've always wanted to retire on. So contracts agreements or covenants can actually be good. They can help you to enjoy life. You can do things that you could not do on your own without that agreement. Now also, when you're in an agreement, there's responsibility from both sides. We both have to do our part. If somebody says, I will do X, Y, and Z, will you expect them to do X, Y, and Z? Not just only X and Y. Or if you say, I will pay by the first of the month, you expect that other party to pay by the first of the month. If you say, I love through sickness and in health, 
you expect that other party to love when it comes time through sickness and in health. We don't expect people to bail on us. We don't expect people to just stop payment or stop their part of the covenant because that's a bad thing. That's a negative consequence. But covenants can be good. And I want to I talk about the value that there is in having a covenant. There's a woman in the Bible. Her name is Ruth. There's a whole book in the Bible about Ruth. And if you have your Bible, let's look at Ruth chapter 2. Now, Ruth married a man, and his mother was Naomi. Now, Naomi had two sons and a husband, and they all died. Both of her sons and her husband died. So Naomi told both of her daughter-in-laws, you girls, go back to your mother's homeland. Go back. You don't need to stay with me. Both of my sons died. I'm not going to have any more sons for you to marry. Even if I did, they wouldn't become age, you know, old enough for you to marry in time. So you girls just go back. Well, one of her daughter-in-laws did go back to her family, but Ruth did not. Ruth told her that I'm going to keep my word because I married into this family. She had a covenant. So she stayed with Naomi, and she went back with Naomi to her hometown. Naomi didn't have anything when she went back, but Ruth helped Naomi, and she went into the fields and harvested in the fields where the other harvesters had already harvested, and she helped Naomi basically get her life back. Let's look at Ruth 2, chapter, verse 10. It says, Ruth fell at Boaz's feet. Now, Boaz was the one who owned the land. Boaz's feet, and she thanked him warmly. She said, what have I done to deserve such kindness? I'm only a foreigner. Yes, I know, Boaz replied, but I also know about everything you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I've heard how you left your father and mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, rewards you fully for what you have done. When you have a covenant with somebody, like Ruth had with Naomi, actually Naomi's family, it is rewarding. Now, you want to listen to how rewarding this was for Ruth? She ended up marrying Boaz. She got remarried. And they had a child. And that child was Obed, who was the father of Jesse, and he was the grandfather of David. Do you know who came out of this family line? Yeah, Jesus Christ. This was the family line of Jesus. Now, Ruth enjoyed the rewards of being in this family simply by upholding her end of the covenant. That's good. Now, I'm sure while Ruth was out there, in those harvest fields, she had plenty of opportunity to just go back home. Like, forget this. I don't want to uphold my end of the covenant. It's too hard. It's too difficult. I could go back home where I know I have family. I have food. I have my mom there, my dad, probably my brothers and sisters. I could just go back and leave any time. She could have given up on that covenant and gone back. I'm sure she had those thoughts. The days that she was in that harvest field, when it got hot, because you have to understand, she went and harvested after the harvesters already harvested. It was hard for her. She was picking up the leftovers. 
And sometimes we get in a covenant where we have a responsibility, whether it's with marriage or maybe we're in a tight spot and we can't pay back that loan contract that we had signed. And we think, what have I done? Why did I get into this in the first place? I'm just going to bail ship. It's too hard for me to hold up to my end of this covenant. I don't want to take the responsibility anymore. But the value in keeping the covenant are the rewards that we get. You get to enjoy whatever it is, just like Ruth, she got to enjoy being in the family line of Jesus. Whatever it is that you have need of, you can enjoy that by being within that covenant and sticking through it. We do have a covenant, like Pastor Kenny said, through Jesus with God. It's a wonderful covenant. And one of the covenants on earth which closely resembles this covenant with God is the marriage covenant. The marriage covenant has been ruined by too many people. Now bear with me. We see marriages falling apart with Christians and unchristians alike. And when we see that all over us, it's actually a reflection. And people think, well, if this covenant isn't working out, I don't desire to have a relationship or a covenant with God. It's carried over into our thinking because we see covenants broken time and time and time again. We think, well, it's so much easier just to break the covenant. Or we might think, well, I'll try it for a little while, see if I like it. If I don't, well, then I'll just get out of this mess. But my heart's desire this morning is for each of us to understand the value of being in a covenant and not breaking covenant. And when we, the church, are an example in our marriages, in, in our covenants with real estate, with businesses, when we are an example to those around us by not breaking covenant, it's an example and a reflection of how important and rewarding it is to have a covenant with Jesus Christ. Let me give you an example. So when I was growing up, and it's still this way today, I saw so many marriages where the wife would just bicker, bicker, bicker about her husband, everything he does wrong, and why can't he do this, and why can't he be like that person, no, 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 no. And growing up myself, I didn't have a very good example of a marriage covenant portrayed in front of me. And then sometimes you see men do the same as women do. They go on long trips just to be away from their wives. These marriage covenants that are miserable. Sometimes husbands and wives sleep in separate bedrooms. Sometimes they, he goes out with his friends and she goes out with her friends. There is no joining together. There's no union. There's, there's nothing good there. Have you guys seen this in your life as well? And today, this generation, a lot of young folk think, why should I get married? What's the use of this? They love each other. They might even have children together, but yet they don't want to come into this union of marriage, this covenant. So because we've seen this, sad to say, we've portrayed it onto our covenant with God the Father. 
And we hear people all the time say the same thing in the church. We hear Christians say, oh God, well, I've been believing for this miracle. I've been believing for this healing, but I don't know if it's ever going to come to pass. Or I've been praying about this. I've been, I've been praying about that. and I don't really know if God's going to do it. It might be too big. Or we blame God for sickness. We blame God for somebody dying. We, we blame God when there's a catastrophe in the world. Everything is God's fault. I mean, why does God do bad things? And the reason why we hear this is because we've seen in front of us in life the marriage covenant or a covenant with um, the bank where we don't make payments anymore and we think we can get away with it. We see people breaking covenant all the time. And they just flippantly say, well, it didn't work out. I'm going to try something else. Or what about these ministers and, and these men and women of faith that all of a sudden publicly declare, I've, I've left the faith. I've decided to leave the church. What is that? I mean, right there, that's telling the whole world this relationship, this covenant with God, there's no value to it. It's not worth anything. I tried it. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. What is that? So this morning, my heart is to express the value and the importance of not breaking covenant. Ruth didn't break covenant, did she? She stayed with her husband's, her late husband's family, and she was fully rewarded. It's the same in the church. Let's look at 1 John 1.7. Like Pastor Kenny said, we have, just simply by having a relationship with Jesus Christ, we have blessings. We have good things when we value our covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. And this relationship is an eternal relationship. It's not temporal. 1 John 1, 7 says, The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Nothing we've done. God simply sent his son and cleansed us. So when he looks at you, he doesn't see the sin. He sees you as cleansed. Romans 3.25 says, For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. People are made right with God. You're sinless. You're made right with God. When you have these promises, it's as if you're signing that line on that contract by believing the word of God. That's our part. Believing and confessing. That's our responsibility in this contract or this covenant with God. Our part is totally simple. Believing what? That he cleansed us from our sin. Believing what? That he sent Jesus so we could be made right with God. Now let's look at 1 Peter 1, verse 18 and 19. It says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. When you believe this, that we don't have to live an empty life. We can live a life full 
of the blessings that that precious blood paid for us. Let's, let's read what the Word of God says these blessings are. And I'm talking about being in a covenant with Jesus Christ and what his blood purchased for us and what the value in it of being in a relationship with God is. There's value to this. Psalms 103, verse 2, let's read. These are the blessings that God fills our life with. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death. He crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Right there, I could go home and rejoice and tell the whole world, look what my God has done because I have this covenant, this eternal covenant with God. It's good. He fills my life. Let's look at 1 Peter 2.24. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By whose wounds you are healed. Our life is filled with health, love, mercy, strength, and good things because of our covenant with God. We're filled with such good things. Look to your neighbor and say, good things. We need to understand what rightly belongs to us and value this and not take it for granted. And we should never turn our back on God and blame God for things. Just like in a marriage, like I was talking about, we hear the negative things um, that wives say about their husbands. We, we see the, the negative actions that the husbands, husbands portray when they're in an unfulfilled marriage. And we see people do that all the time with God. They, they think they're unfulfilled. They think they're abandoned. They think they're alone. But we should be an example of what is good about being in a covenant relationship. Let me talk about that for a moment. Now, when I met this man... I loved him. And, and we've been through thick and thin together, and I still love him. We have struggles, but I still love him. We have disappointments, but I still love him. We have disagreements, but I still love him. Yes, 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 there are things that get in the way of the love, which makes it more challenging at times than others. If you're married in here, nod your head up and down if you agree. Okay, heads everywhere, uh-huh. You don't have to nod so much right there. Now, when we understand and value covenant, we will choose to see the good in it. And I, one thing I tell him is we'll always be on our honeymoon. And I'll tell you why I say that. Because when you're in the dating phase, that other person can do no wrong. You laugh off everything. <laughs> that was just silly of them. They must have forgot about this or that. It's okay. Don't worry about it. It's all good. No problem. Oh, you believe the best. Always when you're in the dating phase. Then you get married and you're in the honeymoon phase. And that lasts a little while. And then marriage happens. All of a sudden something happens and you start complaining a little bit more and Instead of thinking the best, you're keeping record of wrong. Now, if you always stay in the honeymoon phase in your marriage, 
after you've been married 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, it's going to be good. And everybody around you is going to say, what's your secret? Because you always have to be mindful of the honeymoon phase. Even after 20 years, if he still forgets your birthday, you don't say, you idiot, how could you not remember after 20 years? You think the best. Well, maybe he got busy. That's okay. I know he loves me. You think the best. You believe the best. You don't keep record of wrongs. Still to this day, even though we have difficulties in marriage, I could see him from a distance and the butterflies will still kick in on the inside. Why? Because I've chosen to believe the best about him, regardless of what we go through. The same with God. In that covenant relationship, maybe you didn't get healed right away, but you can't let go of your faith. You need to remember day by day by day, God's my healer. He wants good for me. He has good for me. He loves me. He's going to get me through this. We should ever think negative about God. We should never speak negative about God. We should never think negative about our spouses. We should never speak negative about our spouses. We should never think negative about our manager if we're renting property. We should never speak negative about the property manager. We should never think negative about the bank. We should never think, oh, they're taking advantage of me. They want all my money. Or the customer, whoever you have a contract with, you should never think negative. You should never speak negative. We should always be in this together, helping each other, doing our part, doing our responsibility, doing our part of the covenant. Our part of the covenant with God is simply believing and confessing how good he is. And when we do that, we can enjoy the blessings he has for us. Let's continue to read some of these blessings. Psalms 91 verse 1 to 3. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He's my God. I trust him, for he will rescue me from every trap and protect me from every deadly disease. He's a good God. So when you have somebody out there saying, how could God let this COVID thing happen? You be a voice and say, my God would never allow this. He protects me from this deadly pestilence. Even if it gets on me, which it did, he will heal me and get me through this victoriously without any side effects. Amen. And that's exactly what happened. Why can we rejoice going through this? Because I know my covenant rights as a child of God. Amen. And you, church, have to tell the people out there how good it is to have a covenant relationship. Because sad to say, like I've already said, the relationship within a marriage is the closest thing that people see as the relationship with Jesus Christ. And again, we all have broken covenant. So please do not feel like I'm condemning anybody in this room. I'm trying to encourage you from this point on to value your covenant, and to see the rewards and the good in it for keeping covenant, even when it's hard. Just like Naomi, or just like Ruth, it must have been hard for her to keep that covenant, but she didn't give up, and it was rewarding. Amen? Let's look at Matthew 6.25. 
That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to drink, enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, will he certainly care for you? A covenant. He cares for us. Being in a relationship with God, he's going to make sure you're taken care of. He's going to make sure you have enough. He's going to make sure you don't go without. That's good. It's an eternal covenant, guys. God's never going to turn our back, his back on us. Never going to turn his back. Now, if you've been at the cathedral for any time, you know what our motto is. Love God, love others, lead them to Jesus, and teach them about Jesus. And I know this message is not popular, talking about our covenant relationship. People don't like that word, covenant. They, they think it's more binding. But don't use that word when you share about Jesus to other people then. You can use the word relationship. We can water it down. In essence, that's what a covenant is. A relationship, an eternal relationship. One that never ends. So we want to love God. We want to love people. We want to lead them to Jesus and teach them, hey, you were born with sin, but the precious blood of Jesus cleansed you from that so you could rightly, rightly become a child of God. And, and when you're there, he'll fill your life with good things. That's simply the covenant in a nutshell. Who would not want to be a part of that? And well, what's my responsibility? It's simple. You just have to believe and confess Jesus as your Lord. Wow. My part's simple because Jesus already did his part, and all that rightly belongs to me. Hallelujah. Oh, it's good. It is good. So I'm going to encourage you, take some time to think about the blessings that God has for you. It actually takes work to do this. It may sound easy, but we are creatures of habit. So it's easy to wake up and think about the things we don't have. It's easy to go throughout the day and compare our life with other people's lives. That's why I say you need to take time and it's work to think about this. Because when your mind goes there, you have to remind yourself, wait a minute, I am blessed because I have this relationship with God. I do have good things. I am loved. And sometimes I have to say, Pastor Nija, shut up. God is good. You're going to make it through, especially during this COVID. When I did lose my smell, I did lose my taste. I slept 13 hours a day. I had no energy. I walked from upstairs to downstairs. I had to sit down. I felt like a 70-year-old woman. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, is this the rest of my life? No. You know, these thoughts just go. And, and you guys get there, too, because we're human. We're all the same. You could be going about your day, and all of a sudden you might think, 
why isn't my life like this or like that? That's what I'm, I'm trying to encourage you about. You're in this covenant relationship with God where he's already paid for things that rightly belong to you. You just have to have the faith enough to believe it, to accept it, to live it out, to tell yourself about it and tell others about it. You know, if you had a friend getting married, you would do everything you could to help make that union a blessed, beautiful, great union in front of the witness of others. You would help them get into this covenant relationship, right? Or maybe you have a friend looking for a new place to live, and they're looking, and you're like, hey, let me help you out. Let me help you find this home so you can sign this contract Sign your life over to pay every month, but I want to help you find a place to dwell in. Same with this covenant, this contract, this relationship with Jesus Christ. Hey, friend, you're struggling. You're hurting. You look lost. You look confused. I want to help you. I want to tell you about these good things. And you know what? All you got to do is believe and confess. Believe and confess every day. Believe and confess. It's not a one-time thing, guys. Every day, believe, confess. My life is filled with good things. Believe. The blood of Jesus has cleansed me. Confess. I am healed. Confess. Look what the Lord has done. It's amazing when we value covenants and the rewards that we get from being in a covenant. Because think about your life if you didn't have this covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. You couldn't say any of that stuff. I am sick. I might not make it through. My body is hurting. I have to go to the hospital. I need medicine. I need help. I, I need, I I need, that's the majority of the world, guys, because they don't know the good. So they're always like this, help me. Somebody tell me something good. I don't have a relationship with anybody that can love me forever. Forever. I don't have anybody that's going to stick with me through thick and thin. I need something to get through this. I wonder why the world does what it does. Because they don't know about the precious blood of Jesus has paid for us. And how good it is. It's so good. Now I think I know everybody in here. But if you don't know how good it is to be in this covenant relationship, with Jesus Christ. Or maybe it's been a long time since you've thought about how good it is to be in this relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to pray. And then I'm also going to pray for all of us to have the boldness and the words to share with people about this. I mean, if you're married in here, aren't there times that you go out and you tell people, Gosh, my husband just got me a dozen roses. I mean, I see it on Facebook all the time and social media. People posting, 
look at what my husband got me. Look at what my husband did. Look at what, blah, 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 or my wife, la, 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 or my girlfriend, or my boy. I mean, they're constantly displaying this. We need to do the same about God. All over social media, all over the streets. Look at what my God did. I got healed of COVID. I have no symptoms. Look at what my God did. He healed me. Look at what my God did. You know where I'm going with this. We need to shout it out and declare it and speak it. Put it all over social media. Don't grumble and gripe on that thing. Use that as a platform to witness and to love. All right, so let's all close our eyes and bow our heads. If you are in here this morning and you've never experienced this covenant relationship with Jesus, I want to pray with you. Or maybe it's been a long time and you said, you know, I used to think about the goodness of God, but the cares of life has choked that out of me. The busyness of life has made me forget. I want to come back so every day I can renew my thinker. I can believe and confess again every day how, my, how good my God is. So if everybody could put their hand on their heart, and if that's you for that first invitation, just slip your hand up. All eyes are closed and every head is bowed. It's actually just an act of surrender to God for that first invitation only. And I, I want everybody to repeat this. But if your hand's up, you're making a public declaration. We're all going to say this together. Lord, Lord, I've heard in your word this morning what the precious blood of Jesus has done for me. I believe that I was born with sin. But I also believe the blood of Jesus cleanses me. And you love me. And you have good things for me. And I believe that. And I receive that. And I declare, Jesus is my Lord. Now, if you're in that second invitation, everybody keep your hand on your heart. Now you raise your hands and join those that were in that first group. And let's declare this together, everybody. Lord, renew that fire within me. I want my faith to be great. I want to be a voice for you, declaring how good it is to be in a relationship with you. So give me the boldness and remind me, Holy Spirit, of the blessings of God in my life. In Jesus' name, amen.